0: hello folks welcome back to the rls podcast we are on episode 89 almost wrapped up for the year with a podcast and we have a very special guest on um a guy that i know a lot of my listeners will be familiar with because he spoke at my first live event back in june um mr scott mcdonald how are you today mate i'm good mate yeah
1: i'm all good how are you
0: yeah i'm good um slightly rushed off my feet this morning with with the traffic as you know but um no, we're here and we've got a nice little 45-minute slot to, to to essentially just see what you've been getting up to with your life and um, probably to revisit a couple of the things that we spoke about at the first live event because I know there's only a small portion of my clients that were there. Um, so, yeah, yeah mate, what's, what's going on
1: with your life just now? Similar to you, right? It's busy, busy. Um, you know, you're building up to uh, a big... Kind of influx, I guess, of people that start to want to reshape their lives in January and and all that good stuff. Um, I'm training. I'm, I'm coming back. I've got a torn tendon in the top of my hamstring, so I'm um, that's curtailed training. To I've been mainly in the weights room now for sort of probably four or five months. Right, so good. that's been good getting back into that, but it's also been hard. I really miss running. Right, that's my happy place and my I don't know meditation place if you like so but we're getting there it's it's coming back it's just taking longer than I'd like yeah was was that just a an injury on a run or was this something a little bit freak well I probably shouldn't say on a podcast because it's a bit embarrassing but I, I was literally just out running I was doing some sprint work and I was running next to my dog and for some reason I thought I think I can beat my dog here <laughs> like I'm going for this and I just went flat out and the dog just kind of kept running beside me just looking at me like are you are you actually trying to race me here and I was like I've got you I've got you and then I just went oh oh Jesus what was that and uh yeah just tore the it's the tendon right I think a torn hamstring would recover quicker than the actual tendon um so and it's but it's one of these things, right? It's not that sore. It's just, you know, when you're running, you can feel this pain that you're like, that's not that's not a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. Boys will be boys, as they say. Yeah, that sounds pretty nasty. Um, But you, where would you say you are in your recovery? Are you almost there? or Back? Yeah, I did a 10K on, where are we now? I did a 10K on Sunday. That felt like I was doing a marathon, to be honest. Um, But... Yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm now, I was thinking I'm going to speak to Dan, our coach, and say, look, mate, I think I'm ready to start putting the foot down. I've got a few, I've got a big race in June. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover that off out in the Amazon jungle. Um, so I need to get my, I need to get my finger out. Um, but, you know, I, did, I had a good conversation with Dan, right? He was like, look, mentally, these races are a lot more about the mental side than the physical side. So you know, you've got it mentally. We just need to shepherd you through physically. And if that takes, you know, if you have to start a little bit later than what you would like, you know, you'll still be fine. Uh, so it was kind of good, you know, sometimes we need that. I knew that, but sometimes we need to hear it from a different voice instead of the own voice in your head, so. Yeah,
0: I uh, think some people will be listening to that last couple of sentences there and thinking, right, okay, he's running 10 cages now, and then he just mentioned the Amazon Rainforest, um, so that's I suppose for the people that are at the live event, they kind of know a little bit about your story, but there's most people that are listening to this will have no Scooby. um yeah. and it's quite an interesting story. i I personally think is that like when you actually started fitness and started getting into the gym, like how long ago was that now?
1: Um, that would be five, six probably about six years ago now. um yeah, six years ago, and i, I like I'm forty two now. So I was in my kind of let's call it mid thirties, right? I think I still sneaking into the mid thirty category then, um, and I was married, I had two young kids, and I was on holiday, and I'd always been one of these guys who was kind of fortunate in the sense that I was, I was never, I was quite slight. I've got a slim build, right? But certainly something happens when you turn thirty in terms of it all weight just seems to pack itself on, right, and it doesn't come off as easily and. Um, the kids were quite young and when you have kids, right, everything gets so busy and you throw your, tell yourself that you don't have time and all that kind of nonsense and I was on holiday uh, in France with the kids, they were probably about three and four and one of them must have like been playing with my phone and accidentally taken a photo of me building a sandcastle and I just saw this photo at dinner time when I was flicking through them and I was like oh, oh my god, I've become that fat dad like I hadn't seen it, like it just crept up on me and i've got two young girls right and for me i was like look, i know how much of a challenge it is for women in particular and body image and all this and i was like i i need to be a role model like it was like a something just snapped at the dinner table and i said to my wife i was like look at this how have you let this happen <laughs> what what have you done she's like oh you know it's not that bad blah 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 as as good partners do but that was for me, she was working with Leanne uh, Conroy at the time, who is uh, the wife of our coach, Joe Parrish. And she said, oh, you should get in touch with this guy, Joe. You know, um, it's Leanne's partner. And I said, right, I'm, I'm doing it. And we literally finished dinner. I phoned him and said, hi, how are you? I need help. Uh, I'm coming home on Monday. I need it all. I need a gym plan. I need a nutrition plan. I said, he always laughs. He's like, he said, have you ever tracked calories? And I was like, Mate, I don't even know what a calorie is. right? I have no idea what all of that, any of that stuff means. And um, yeah, but for me, it was like uh, something just broke inside. And a big part of that was because of my kids. right? I was just like, I don't want to be somebody who they look at and think, oh, it's actually it's okay to let yourself go. Yeah. because it's it's not right there's just a reality to that that you know I'm not saying everybody needs to wander around with a six-pack and pecs and whatever else but you do have to look after yourself because if you don't somebody else will have to right and and that certainly I didn't want that to be my kids yeah so that was the start of our what's probably been quite a mad five or six years yeah a bit of a whirlwind
0: yeah yeah So was that a case of like getting there was like almost like a a love and a and a hunger for for fitness after you did that first kind of got yourself in shape that first time and then you just wanted to there began to be levels to it that you wanted to
1: explore. Yeah, I've always been quite I've always been quite goal-oriented. I think the beauty of starting this stuff when I did, like later in my life, was I loved sport growing up, right. But you ask any of my mates <laughs> if I was athletically talented, I and mean, they'd laugh you out the door, right? it would be like he was, I was, I was never last pick, right. But I'd certainly be second or third last pick, right. Um, but in terms of effort, I would always give hundred percent because I knew I was rubbish, right. And I you I was rubbish at football, and I you I was rubbish at rugby. I was average at best at golf, but you know it was it was kind of tough. But the beauty of starting so late was that everybody else had kind of let themselves go as well. Mm-hmm. So when I started making progress, the competitive side of me kind of kicked in and was like, oh, wait a minute, right? You know, like Keith there, who used to be in great shape, he's he's not in shape. And, you know, the big man, he's not, he used to be brilliant, but now I can, on the seven, seven asides, I'm, I'm running rings around him, right? You know, he might still have to touch, but he doesn't have the rest of it. So that was a big kind of, that helped me a lot. Um, And from, and then having somebody there, Joe in particular, that just made shortcuts, because everything, I didn't mess around, right? It wasn't like, I'm going to try this funny diet or I'm going to try and create my own gym plan. He was like, look, this works, do this, don't do anything else, that's all you need to do. You know, 50 minutes in the gym, and eat these types of things. And that just simplified the whole thing for me. Um, I I was really busy. I've got a, a sort of high pressure job. I've got wife, I've got kids. I didn't have time to be kind of messing around with it. And when you start to see results, that gives you the confidence, right? He knows what he's talking about in terms of Joe. And actually, if I just followed the plan, it works and that's the beauty you know people i think always get lost because they don't maybe follow it that well and therefore don't really get the results and therefore justify that ah it doesn't really work and i'm different i'm i'm one of those people who just gets fat easily and can't shift weight and all these nonsense that you hear about um so yeah that was um having joe there it was a total game changer
0: for me yeah do you think because of Your professional experience with your work—it was very easy for you to apply these principles with fitness and just go, okay, this is what needs done. Let me just go and do that and get the result. And there wasn't really any questions asked.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Like, don't get me wrong, right? Like, I wasn't hyper motivated. Like every morning, I didn't jump out of bed and be like, "I've got to get in the gym. I can't wait." I'd be like. I kind of got into the habit of it, as opposed to getting into the enjoyment of it. I've never really loved the gym. I've loved the results, but the actual, and still to this day, right, in particular, you know, the last five months has been a bit of a a journey in terms of, I haven't been able to run, so I've just been in the gym, and I'm like, this is boring, right? Like, this is hard graft, but I know the results, and that's kind of what I stay focused on but I'm always trying to get leverage on myself right like some mornings it's like actually yeah, I'm up and about and I'm ready to go and I'm, I'm 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 good to go for it other mornings I'll be like I really don't want to do this but the guilt of I think of oh, I'm gonna let Joe down right it's not about me it's just I don't want to have to say to Joe on a Sunday oh man I didn't do the session because you. For all that he probably never would call me a a wimp or whatever else, I'd be like, "I, I just don't want to waste his time. And then sometimes it'll be like a vision. I'll be like, oh my God, I've signed up for something and I've told everybody about it. So if I don't do this session, what happens? And it's just trying to find like different... Every day I try and ask, find a different way to get leverage, right? And it's like it's the questions that you ask yourself as well, right? Like if you ask yourself that question of um, like, why am I so fat? Like your brain is a, is the ultimate Google, right? If you type into Google, why am I so fat? It'll come up with a thousand reasons why you're fat. You're a greedy pig, you eat too much, you've got no control and all these things. So it's a terrible question to ask. But if you ask yourself, how can I lose weight and have some fun? you'll get a completely different set of results, right? Google will give you different results and your brain will give you different results. So I'm very conscious of also the questions that I'm asking myself. Like I don't ask myself dumb questions. Yeah. Um, it has to be questions that I know will, it's almost a cheat code, right? It's, it's kind of rigging the game so that I can't lose. Yeah, And and that helps me massively. Yeah,
0: cool. Um, And when did you then dive into the athletic performance world it wasn't just the body composition let's get a result in the gym type world it was let me go and take on something a little bit bigger
1: yeah that would that's not that long ago right um I would say I I did a photo shoot right that was a big thing for me right doing the uh, getting a six-pack and all that because again I would told myself look I'm by this point I'm probably 39 late 30 in fact I was 40 I think Joe said something to me, and he, he'll laugh about bit now. He said, I was thinking you could maybe do a photo shoot, but maybe you're a bit old. And, like, he knew that that was just going to, like, trigger me. And I went, oh, fuck, <laughs> get <that> no!" <note." laughs> and I was like, right, I'll, I'm on for that. And uh, I, did the, I did the photo shoot, and I saw the results, and I was like, wow, like, that is cool. And I saw the journey that I'd been on, you know, the fat dad, to now I was shredded for want of a better word. And um, that gave me so much confidence and belief in myself and also in the process of what we were doing. And I think by that point, I'd started running again. Like I would would do a 5K. I think I would probably do like three strength sessions and then a 5K. But my 5K would be like a bonus thing if I could get it in. And um, Joe at the time was training for an Ironman, which felt like something that elite athletes only did. So I said to him, I'm going to ramp up the running. And in the back of my head, I was like, I kind of fancy doing something like that, but I can't. Even a half man felt like just something that was reserved for the, the few. And it was in COVID. I was doing about 10, 12 Ks and my wife had COVID, right? And so did the two kids. It was a miserable house for a week and I didn't. And this was like first lockdown time. And I just went, I'm going to go and run a half marathon. And so this would be 2020. And I thought, yeah, I'm just going to try it. And I went out and it was fucking hard. And I did it. And I came home and I was like, I've just run a half marathon. Like, that's mad. Like, that. I felt like I'd the same as I felt when I've done anything big. Like, I was like, this is insane. I've just done a half marathon. And then I thought, it was hard right but I was like it wasn't like I had to crawl over the line and you see those people on, on reels and whatever else that are like staggering and completely and I thought all right maybe there's something in here and um, spoke to Joe about doing a half man. he was just like yeah totally no problem we can do that um, and again Covid was still on so I was do you know what happened, actually? I think COVID was on. I was due. It was going to be my 40th. That was my present my wife had bought me. She said, well, well, do. you can do the half Ironman in Venice, which is where we got engaged. And I was like, yes, that's my birthday. That's in March. And then we started training and I realized that, you know, this COVID thing was real and it wasn't going away. And um, so I decided I would just do one in and around the city in, in Edinburgh. And it was funny because I look back on that now and it was mad. Like it was January that I did it. I think it was the 31st of January. So I went swimming in the reservoir, right? And I like lost the plot. Like hypothermia started setting in. If you look at my Strava, it's like somebody's dumped a pile of shoelaces in the middle of like my Strava map because it's just me going, <clears throat> going around in circles as I start to... I remember I couldn't see where the edge was. I couldn't figure out how to get there. Anyway, I got myself out of that, luckily, and then did the cycle which is, what's that, 90k? And then I did, excuse me, a half marathon after that. And I felt good. And I was like, whoa, you know, this is like, it was like point and shoot. I was like, I just have to say to Joe, you just have to find a really good coach that knows what they're talking about and tell him what I want to do. And if I just do what he says, it happens. Like it's not luck or talent or... Because again, I'm the guy that's that's rubbish at everything, right? I'm just keen. And I I thought, maybe there's something more out there. And I had this inspiration, which was Joe, right? And then he was like, I'm going to go do a full. And I was like, wow, that's definitely not happening, right? Like a four kilometer swim, 180 kilometers on the bike, and then run a marathon. I was like, that's, you know, that's because Joe's an ex pro footballer and this ex-GB athlete for swimming and all this kind of stuff but equally I just said something like could I maybe do that and he was like yeah yeah let's go right and then that was that was it and that for me was like there's certain steps in my journey that change things and doing that full Ironman is is one of them right like I just I wanted to do it in May because that was when, like, from a time perspective, that was going to work best. I remember looking at the events and finding that the only ones in May, I think, were this one in France which is the, in Nice, which is really hard. Like, It's like, they say it's about 7th or 8th on the list in terms of hard Ironman. Like, Ironman's meant to be in in, in lakes, so it's calm. Mm-hmm. This swim in a lake, the cycle's meant to be on a flat, and then the run is meant to be in a flat. And None of that happens in France and Nice. And I, thought, I looked at it and I thought, oh, well, I don't want to do that, right? Because it's hard enough as it is. But the only other option in me was Lanzarote, which is the hardest one in the world. And I thought, well, if I'm going to, if my options are between, like, the seventh hardest one and the hardest one, I might as well just go all in, right? <laughs> like, and then... I signed up for, for Lanzarote. Like that's through the the ocean, which is just horrible because the currents are mad and in, in Lanza. And then you're just up and down volcanoes all day. It's roasting hot. Um and then you've obviously got this marathon at the end of it and in, in the heat, which is which is brutal. But I thought if I could do that, then I can do anything. Nice. And that was it. I I, I did Lanzarote. I felt to this day, it's probably like the best performance I've ever put in in a in a race. Like it just went beautifully, and the 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 confidence and the belief and the it just took it to a new level for me. And I was like, "Whoa, these things aren't reserved for the few. These aren't reserved for a, a physical talent. These are reserved for people who have who will put in the hard work." both physically and mentally it's not about talent and that opened up a whole new kind of world for me Yeah, I think like one of the main things that my guys
0: took away from you when you spoke at my first event was the was the essentially the story of like I, I was framing it to them in this way as well it was like you could be the guy that couldn't do cross country at school when you yeah. were like 12 years Ooh. old and you begin to create this story that oh, I can't run or I can't I'm not fit or anything but then when you maybe and do that 5k you're like okay i can do a 5k and it's kind of like your story okay i can do a 10k okay marathon, and then you just build up like the quote is like build an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you Mm -hmm. say you are um and it's just you just climb the levels and each time you accomplish something you go oh i've got i can do that like i've got that self-belief and
1: you can apply that with so many aspects of your life as well that's it and i think because if i look at that timeline I must plot it out right but I reckon I went from a 5k to a full Ironman in 12 months maybe 18 months max like it wasn't it wasn't a lot of time Um, yeah and that's not as I say that's not because I'm some gifted athlete with some incredible engine I'm just somebody who did the work Right, tell me what I need to do, and I will just do that. You know, I missed a few sessions and things, but generally speaking, I I, I ticked all the boxes, I fuel properly, and um, and I think, you know, the big thing from a mindset perspective was like I, I was very purposeful about creating an identity that aligned with being somebody like that, like I stopped the oh you're rubbish at everything and you just try hard kind of story because it didn't it it wasn't going to work for me I wasn't going to get there with that story in my head so I was very purposeful about right who am I now and it was and it's hard at first because nobody recognizes you as that I was like like I'm capable of anything that I set my mind to right I am I can handle an incredible amount of physical pain. I used to say that stuff to me in my head constantly. I used to say it every morning. And people would think I was mad, right? Because my mates would be like, no, you can't, you're rubbish. But after a bit of time, they would be like, oh, wait a minute, what did he just do today? You just did like, you just did a half marathon. Nobody else is doing half marathons, but fair play to you. And then as other people started to realize, actually, he is that guy, right? Then again, like the, the it was like the the compounding effect, right? It just very quickly started ramping up, and people would be like, "What are you? What are you doing today, oh, Scott? It's doing some mad thing." And I became this guy who was doing these mad races and and runs and cycles and swims and whatever else. And I was like, "I just lap it up." Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm good with that. Um, yeah, and then you get to that point, and you're like, right now, what next? and that kind of is a there's another head head masher for you
0: (laughs) it's quite it's it's interesting like my perception of you is almost in reverse because i when i first got to know you it was just oh here's the guy that's about to do this like crazy mad marathon in the desert and i'm like wow he must be like absolute like world beater comes from an athletic background must just maybe ex army or something like that but then when you go back you're like okay he comes from humble beginnings with his fitness that are a very short time scale um, yeah. So I suppose, like, I know we touched on a lot of this at the live event, but the marathon this for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it's pretty mental. <laughs> Could you, like, put it into a
1: nutshell? Um, so it's it's six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert. Um, self-sustained, so you're carrying all your own equipment. So you've got about 30, I think I had about 35 pounds on my back. Um, and... One of the days, day four, is a double marathon and a bit. I think it's about ninety k. So a double marathon is about eighty four. So, uh, and trust me that that bit that's six k counts, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, and it's just because it's called the world's hardest foot race, <clears throat> um, for a reason. It's horribly hot, like it was in the fifties every day. Um, I think it peaked out about 54. the the hottest day was actually the day of the double the double marathon. and yeah, it's spicy. It
0: certainly sounded spicy. and I know like the the whole story of the journey that you went on from day one to to finish was was crazy and some of the things you've seen, some of the things you experienced would you probably can't replicate as you said. you can't replicate that anywhere. It was essentially the hardest race in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. What 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 did you kind of come away from that feeling, and what what did you what did you gain from that psychologically
1: or physically? I came away from not, with nothing physically left, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but mentally, I came away with the sense that when you do something that big and that hard. There's an amazing, there's an amazing thing that happens where you realize actually I'm capable of literally anything that I set my mind to. And that, like that feeling, knowing how close you, I was to the edge, how hard I had to push and how deep I had to dig. when you've when you've done that and come out the other side, it's like the ultimate boost of confidence you can get. It's, yeah, it's an it's an incredible feeling. Like it's not it's not necessarily about the high of crossing the finishing line because that wasn't actually that. I was so exhausted that the high wasn't necessarily that. I had a, a better high, if you like, at Ironman um, or... I had probably even better high I did 100k ultra 24 hour run and I had an even better high there I was just so exhausted at the end of that that the, the actual finishing line wasn't the moment but sitting coming home with the medal around your neck having there were certain moments that were like wow this is insane like you know and and yeah it, it it literally just it's like a it's like a shot in the arm of confidence that'll never really leave you, I hope you know because I know I know now I know now that, the, that I said this thing where I said I now know that the absolute minimum that I'm capable of is the hardest thing that anybody's ever put together. So yeah, you're like, I visualize myself a lot standing on a top of a, like a podium almost thing where i'm like where do you go there is nowhere to go right this is it the hardest race in the world is done and that's a cool feeling yeah it's a cool feeling um yeah and you can't replicate that and you can't get that from you can do all the meditating all the mantras all the things you want in life but if you don't actually do the thing it doesn't matter you'll never get the feeling that you'll that you'll get so yeah it's brilliant it's amazing crazy and
0: where would you say during that whole process where was the closest you came to breaking
1: um i think there was several times like the first, the first day, the first day, like I blacked out three times. I just I was running. Next thing I knew, I couldn't breathe because I was face down in the sand and I just blacked out. And then what happens is your core body temperature can go up to two degrees higher than what it started at. And as soon as it goes higher than that, your your body just starts to shut or vital organs down to keep you alive. I didn't know this at the time but like i because i just couldn't figure out why i kept blacking out and it was because i was just too hot you know it's 50 odd degrees you there's nowhere to hide right it's not like oh i'm going to take a little breather underneath this bus stop or a, or, a, or a tree or whatever it's just relentless sand that just sucks the utter life out of you um so and that was a that was a sort of a really strange and scary feeling because then you know somebody had there was a guy who wasn't so lucky he you know, he was he had a heart attack I think he was dead they managed to get him back but he was dead for like seven minutes same age as me um, really experienced ultra runner and they were luckily enough he was in a he was in a bivouac this kind of tent thing that you stay in with a nurse who instantly knew what had happened and kind of jumped in the CPR stuff. I think the point, I think my lowest point would probably be on the fourth day. We were, we were, I don't know how far we were. And we were maybe 30K into this like 90K day. And one of our, or two of our guys, to be fair, went down like in a really bad way. And one of them in particular started fitting. He was like, the only way I can describe it was like violently sick. Um, And he was in a real dangerous and scary place. And cut a long story short, we managed to get eventually a helicopter to come in and take him out, and um, he was he was fine in the end. But this whole period had taken about an hour of us trying to keep him alive, and um, your, your adrenaline's like massively spiked at the time because everything's going on, and you're like, right, what do we do, and how do we do this, and whatever else. And then when he gets taken away, and you're you're then just left, right? It's like, okay. So you're 30k into a 90k day, we were at the foot of what's called a jebel, which is basically another word for a sand mountain. And I don't know what people think the Sahara Desert looks like. I kind of had a vision that it would be flat with these like six to eight foot rolling sand dunes. This is like a three and a half thousand foot mountain just covered in sand. It's so steep that it points, there's ropes that come down so that you have to hold on to it because otherwise you just fall backwards. So, you're at the bottom of this thing and you're like, your energy's just gone emotionally. Like, everybody was on the edge, right? Because we thought we were going to lose them at one point. And uh, you're like, how do I, like, how, I've got nothing. Like, everything had just, it was like something had just drained out the bottom of of my body. Everything had gone. And I was thinking, it's not like I've got five, 10K to go and I'll, I'll, I just need to grind through it. I was like, I've still got like one and a half marathons to go. And it's, Fifty-four degrees, and I've been doing this for four days. Like, and you know, you don't have enough calories, right? You're eating maybe two and a half thousand calories a day because you can't carry enough weight, but you're burning ten thousand. So I don't know what I was at, by that point—maybe twenty thousand calorie deficit—and it's it was just horrible. Like every foot, you know, your skin's all falling off from on your feet. Your compression socks are filled with sand around your ankles so it's just ripping off it was like a salt and pepper grinder your shoulders feel like they're like oh they're just agony from the weight of your bag and my neck had seized up because of the weight of my bag so you know that way where you can't turn your head fully because it just it twangs it was just brutal and but that saying of like what's just one foot in front of the other, right? I've never been a big fan of that. But that certainly was what was going on. But I also knew at the time, right, like every single person goes through this, and there is a there is there is something on the other side, right? It doesn't stay like this for the next 60k. You'll have your highs again. That's just the way the human body works. So it was like. In my head, I sort of had to think right. I just think about getting through five to ten k, and then you know that you'll get your your second wind or your eighth wind. I think it was by that point. But there's always another one coming, and sure enough, it did. Right, you know, later that day, I, I was running through the. We were running through the night. It was pitch black. It's like amazing. Like you've seen, there's more stars in the sky than there's blackness because it's just so isolated out there. And we were running along, me and my weight, Woody, and we were screaming at the top of our heads. Like, we were like, I fucking love this. We're taking souls, boy. And I was just like, this is incredible. And then, yeah, I've never run so fast in my life, especially across sand. I was absolutely flying for what felt like forever. And then bang, hit the wall again, right? I just went, I'm going down, Woody, wait. (laughs) Sure enough, I just went straight down. He's like, right. Banging the ration packs into me, trying to keep me, trying to keep me awake, and the whole process starts over again. And it's yeah. a case of, how much do you want it, right? What do you, yeah? Are you willing to keep pushing through that pain? And I just, I I practiced that a lot in my head, running up to it, and it, and I was excited about getting to that moment, as opposed to scared. I was excited about it, and that. So I was like, oh, this is it this is my story right this is my thing that's going to be how did I push through it I'm going to learn so much in this moment and as horrible as it is it's also I could see the other side of it which is the excitement yeah so
0: yeah I just don't think you can uh, you can replicate that with anything other than endurance events. Like I just I personally haven't done anything over thirty kilometers, but even that for me, having that been the only distance, long distance that I've done, you still feel that sort of like peaks and troughs and motivation yeah. and actual will. Um, and it's yeah, it's not it's not something you can really replicate on a football park as such. Um, it's it's crazy. It's just different.
1: It is, but it's a great like sort of metaphor for life as well like what it does is it like life is like that right you might go through a period of months where everything feels like great and you're flying and then for whatever reason things just aren't good and you're a bit like nah what am I doing like that might happen over the course of six months or a year the beauty of endurance events is it kind of compresses all of that into a day or a week or whatever and when you are in an environment where you have to learn in such a small space of time you have to learn a lot faster and that's part of the reason I love them because when it's over the space of a year you kind of end up in that hole for maybe a few weeks of I just don't feel that good and nothing's flying and whatever else this is like you've got about 15 minutes to get your shit sorted out here Scott so what are you going to do? And it's like, right, you're, you're, you're quickly like, what tools have I got? What things have I got? What experiences have I got? How, how do I get past this? Like, and you, and you learn quicker and you get the results quicker. So it's much more powerful. Uh,
0: definitely. So, mate, I think all of us at the live event were thinking after you'd done that, what's next for Scott? We're all thinking, what can he do that's just going to be equally as difficult or as challenging for him? And uh, I think you came up with something pretty good. So what
1: is it yeah. what's next? So, I'm going out to the to the Amazon jungle. So it's a 230 k run, um, over <clears throat> five days. Starts at uh starts at altitude. I can't remember what it is exactly. It's maybe it's close to twenty thousand feet. I think. Um, and me and altitude don't go. We have a history and don't go very well together. So that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, and then it's. It's running through the jungle with crocodiles and snakes and spiders and poisonous frogs and all sorts of nonsense, uh, sleeping in hammocks, carrying your own gear. And this is going to be, this is different because it's like there's less than 60 people in the world that have ever managed to complete it. So it's, you know not many people even attempt it to be honest right so it's 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 kind of it's quite um I don't know what the word is very niche and very like the thing with Marathon Sable is it's kind of there's a lot of people that will go and try and it's a big brand and whatever else this is kind of now you're getting into these little pockets of people who are just doing mad things Mm -hmm. um and it's so funny to think that I've become one of those people (laughs) um so this should be good. I was actually speaking to a guy who's done it. Um, I managed to get in, in touch with him and he was saying, look, like the thing about this, is," he said, it's much more of a full body challenge because the, like, the humidity is horrible. It's not as hot. It'll be in like the 30s. He says it might get into the 40s, but he's like, it certainly won't be in the 50s. But the 100% humidity is a problem from a sweating perspective. And just you're wet for like the whole week. You're just, there's no way to get dry. So your feet start to fall apart a lot quicker. And he said, You spend a lot of time like in and out of rivers. So you're, um, which is hard graft, right? And he's like, and then when you're trying to get out of rivers, you're trying to pull yourself up through like with Ivy and all these, you know, in my head, it's like Tarzan, whatever it was that he's holding on to. And he said to me, This is funny, he said to me, the one thing you need to do in your training is get is learn to get confident. Of for jumping into a river when you can't see the bottom, I said, like, Well, why would I be doing that? And he said, Because the anacondas, you know, those big snakes, they sleep right on the riverbank, so you have to jump over. And I was going, Oh my days! Like, <clears throat> um, so yeah, he's like, You know, these things are like, like. 20-25 foot, right? They'll swallow you, and they won't even know you're in there because they're that big. But um, that's like what the what the hell? So,
0: but yeah, it's, yeah. As you say, naivety kind of gets you into these things, and then you can you land there, and you're like, oh shit, I'm doing this.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. Like, and and then you don't have a choice, right? You're you're there, and you, you know, you you. you well, some people won't, right? There's a lot of people that don't make it, right? They, they can't finish it. And, you know, the altitude will be huge. Like trying to do anything with that lack of oxygen is really, really hard. Um, I was skiing last weekend, actually, and that was only at maybe 15,000, 16,000 feet. And just walking from like hotel to hotel is, is much harder. You're like, oh, I'm out of breath, you know? Um, so that's going to be a real challenge. Um but I'll learn more about myself in this week than I learned for the rest of the year right Um, and I just now love this stuff right it's it's just about finding out what I'm really capable of and that's yeah it's it's just so exciting
0: yeah well mate I'm truly interested to see how you get on with your obviously coming back from your injury and then Building your running up and then how you get on with the with the run itself. Um actually funnily enough, there's a there's a girl that lives local to me up here. Um and she is apparently one of the only people up this way to have done it as well. Um, oh, is she? I maybe need to pass on her name to you. She's I think she's got a book as well. I think she's done a couple of like an ultra up the himalayas i don't know if you're familiar with yeah them. i think there's one up there yeah yeah the everest marathon or something yeah, yeah so i think she has like a book or, about that Um, i actually was meaning to get her on the podcast so i might pass her name on to you
1: yeah do that
0: that'd be ace but um yeah mate thank you very much for your time i know we could have sat and spoke for like another hour about this stuff yeah. but, um, nice short and sharp and uh yeah mate i hope you get on good with your training and everything else Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Good to talk, as always. Yeah, well, mate, thank you very much for your time. Um, where can people find you on Instagram and
1: whatnot? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh it's Scott Mac Coaching, Max and M A C. Um, find me on there. It's uh yeah, any questions or anything, just ping me a message. It's it's me in the DMs, it's nobody else. So uh and if you're interested, I love talking about it. So it's all good. Class, mate. Thank you very much. So man.